Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Shups and Preds podcast. This week, we're heading into week 10 of the CFL season, so we'll be predicting all the games of that week, reviewing what happened in week 9, talking fantasy football, getting to some stuff at the end of the pod, I'm sure. This week, we are again four strong. Myself, Matt, Tyler, Peter, everybody say hello. Hello. Welcome back. If you hear some rumbling Hello. coming through our connection, <laughs> if you hear some rumbling, it is because we are braving a thunderstorm to bring you this content. So that's how much it means to us. That's a winner's mentality. So just want to know, just want to let you all know how serious this is for all of us. Guys, how's your week been so far? So nice. It's been really It's nice. too hot. It is too hot. It is too hot. I will say it one more time. It is too hot. Okay. I hate it the hot. summer. It's hot over here as well. I hit okay. I hit the point of summer. John, you I think you are with me on this. I hit a point of summer where I've had enough, and I just want it to be fall tomorrow. And I've had Summer enough. is the worst season. It is the worst season. If I woke up tomorrow and it was 50 degrees outside, I would be beside myself. I can't. I have to go running at 6 in the morning just to not yeah. die. Yeah, summer's a horrible season. Summer's a horrible season. Except for the fact... That it's when the CFL plays football. That is, which makes it bearable. And with that in mind, let's get into talking about all the big storylines, game by game, from week nine. First, I will talk to you all about Winnipeg heading to Montreal and trouncing the Alouettes 35 to 20. But it didn't start out that way. Of course, it didn't start out that way. Because this was the most predictable game of Week 9. Not simply who would win or lose, but how the game would play out. We all knew what would happen, and it played out exactly as such. Winnipeg came out looking like absolute crap. Claros with an interception on the opening drive. He's got a fumble later in the first quarter. He's got another interception right before the half. At the halftime, it's a sloppy 7-3 Winnipeg lead. And then... In the third quarter, Caleros throws another interception, and it's tied 14-14. And you're going, oh my goodness, isn't the upset going to happen? Isn't this amazing? No, it's not amazing. Because the Bombers proceed to drop 21 points in the fourth quarter, including a 57-yard Janarian Grant punt return. They coast to an easy victory. It sucked. They tried to, they tried to trick us again, but we're not falling for it. We're done. <laughs> This is it. No longer it's am the I formula. Get it's the secret sauce. Yeah, they they just wait for everybody to go. Hmm, potential trap game? No, it's not <laughs> a potential trap game. They just decided to flip the switch whenever they want, and, and just absolutely dominated the fourth quarter. It was ridiculous. It was predictable. I've had enough with the bombers. I'm tired of them. That's all I've got to say. It's fair enough. I will say though, the running game is improving. And that's scary. Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I, we're not on fantasy, but I might have started playing Oliveras. You know, yeah. he's a, he's 92 a, he's... yards in this one and a touchdown. He had five and a half, or basically 5.4 yards per carry. 110 last week. He's uh, no, he's on he's, the he's on the who's back radar at this no, point. He's he's coming on. He's legit. They're also figuring out really fun ways to work Janarian Grant into the offense. Obviously, he scored a special teams touchdown. But he also had uh, three carries for 43 yards in this one, uh, including a t- long of 23, 
he caught a pass and the you know they got him involved in the passing game a little bit. So can we talk about easy. Montreal? You can. Okay. Tell me what you feel. Well, this would be the time to do it. Yes, uh, I know. I just because so we're not talking f- about them come Preds time. Because <laughs> uh, Winnipeg is boring to talk about at this point. There's somebody new every week that steps up. We hate it. We don't like it. We don't. We don't want to see it anymore. I want a no. loss for them, just for just for the sake of it. Trevor Harris, I think he's done. As soon as oh VA is. Oh my god, that is spice. <laughs> that is so harsh. As soon as VA, what I mean by that, as soon as VA is ready, Trevor Harris's butt is on the bench. I just, he's just, it's it's gonna he's happen. He's on the six game injured list, so it's gonna be a while. G- yeah, Gino. 26, man, that's just not gonna cut it. And not, Gino had more than half of the catch. I mean, dimensional. It's so <laughs> wonderful. I mean, they. It's. It's. I gotta say, it's amazing. They just don't triple cover Gino every play. You know what I've been thinking. Mont- of? Montreal went from a team last season who used to put up points. You know, they yeah. would lose games because of bad decision making at the quarterback position. But this season, they've decided to just be bad all around. Their defense yeah. is atro- atro- atrocious. Um, I-, I cannot believe this team has two wins, to be honest with you. Gina Lewis is really the reason they have probably have two wins, but like single-handedly, uh, not to fluff his ego up any more than it already <laughs> is. But, <laughs> but well, 15, think... 15 first downs, just, just they even won the turnover battle, which is shocking. That's the only reason this. To, to be yeah. fair, they lost by 15 points, but it's really the only reason no, this that's, score. That's classic Winnipeg. That's a classic Caleros game right there. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. It's Winnipeg's played down so many times. They're just good at it. They are good at it. And Montreal stinks. Jashroon, I love you, buddy. We love you. Pete loves you the most. Oh, You're I on love my fan. Jashroon. He's not he, playing that got, poorly. I mean, he's not. He's not. But it's just losing Stanback. It just feels like this team just yeah. was is just deflated out of the gate. Deflategate. Huh. Um, and yeah, uh, it, it just never that that they look so good in that first quarter of the first game, and just that magic has just never returned. I think, and Tyler, they you were beating up Calgary. You probably haven't thought about this. But I just love to see Montreal trade for like Jake Mayer and get him out there and see what he could do with this team. I'm for. I honestly, after watching Doctor Dis- <laughs> Oh yeah, Doctor. Oh, Dis- you're for that. I, after watching Doctor Disrespect uh, throw the ball at uh, the 49ers practice, I think he. I think he might be a, the best quarterback oh, no. option for them out there. I, I, I just think. Thing. I just think that. Dude, Doctor Disrespect threw, threw a like a 70 time, yard I mean, pass. It's not that only crazy. It's not only Geno Lewis like. Yeah, as you said, like, certainly he's being productive. He's making incredible catches, getting big yards. But, like, the offense only flows through him. Everybody else on the team was targeted I, I, 17 times. He was targeted 15 I need Jake times. Mayer there. That's insane. Or, or I need Geno Lewis to go somewhere where he, like, is can actually do something on a, t- like a team that is worthy of his yeah. abilities. The Elks, for example. Oh, yeah. They're worthy if you, of his abilities. Hit, I think if you put Lawler and uh, Gino on the same team, that would make the Elks must-watch television. Problem. But anyway, it, would be it goes sick. to show you, I don't want to ramp, this is not worth our time, but right now we're talking about the possibility of trading Gino Lewis to the Elks and how that would make the Elks better. <laughs> it just goes to show you there's not much fun around the Montreal Alouettes, but I do want to 
I do want to read um, one quote from GM head coach uh, Danny Machocha about the <laughs> disciplinary issues of the Montreal Alouettes. Danny said, um, in reference to cutting players to fix the club's penalty problems, he says he's just not ready to do that just yet. So he was ready to fire a guy so that he could be the head coach. But he's just not ready uh, to get any players out of the way and make any of those changes. He's just lame. They're becoming a very unlikable team. That's all I've got to say. Let's move on. Tyler, talk Please. to us quickly about Calgary, Ottawa. Oh, gosh. You know... We had thought auto auto this make the Toronto loss look so bad. So bad. <laughs> we we thought Ottawa had possibly turned a corner with the with the Toronto win. Boy, mm-hmm. were we wrong. Caleb Evans. We had talked last week about how this this win secured his spot at the quarterback position, at least yes. for the foreseeable future. And then he goes out and he says, now that my job, it's almost like any, no, this is a classic example of like when you hire somebody and like, there's so much hype and promise and their first month in the job goes so well, they do some pretty good thing on the, in the beginning and they just mail it in. They put yes. the good credit, they put the good credit in the bank and then they just, just stop doing anything productive. That is Caleb Evans after that Toronto win. What, what an ugly, ugly game from the Ottawa offense. De- I gotta t- tip the cap to the defense because they they were on the field uh, quite a bit, 34 minutes, and you know what? They actually kept it respectable against a very good uh, Calgary offense. Uh, De- uh, Dedrick Mills filled in fine. You know what? This is what talk about things that piss me off. Dedrick Mills gets 16 carries in a game. Yeah. Huh. Dave Dickinson huh. wasn't coaching. Huh. Ah. Dedrick Mills can get 16. Dedrick Mills can get 16 carries but in a game. Your boy was out. He was he was with he had the coof. This I, this I, speaks to your point even greater, <laughs> Tyler. It's just it's <laughs> and he's not even averaging as many yards per carry as Kadeem was averaging against Winnipeg. I understand the, the game discord dictated running the ball more. Uh yeah, that pick six, uh not great. Just what a mess. Uh 13 of 27 from Bo. Bo's been bad. Can we talk about Bo being bad for like three weeks? And I know I think Winnipeg. we talk about that. I think you talk about that often. <laughs> I don't talk about I that often. I give him a slide. I give him a slide for Winnipeg. I was partially right last week. I think the Red Blacks' defense is okay. Yeah. Their offense really struggled. Although Nick Arbuckle is now. He's back. He's officially back. Yeah, as soon as I drop him in fantasy, now he's back. <laughs> what, a, what a. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I think I don't know. I don't think this was this was a bad offensive outing for the Red Blacks. We can we can agree, but I don't know that this was like a nail in the coffin for anything. No, I, I think no, you know, they're and... playing that one of the, they're playing one of the top three teams in the league. Why did why did Jalen? Caleb Evans couldn't find Jalen Acklin to save his life. If only. He, I, I just don't understand. Him and Acklin are hooking up, killing it, and in this game he just can't figure it out. I don't. It's not it, like he didn't it, try. He targeted him seven times. Just, it just didn't work out. These things happen. He's playing a really good defense. Yeah, but it, it's yeah, it's just like a just 
complete reversal for the this. This was the worst game of the weekend. I'll say it was hard to hard to stomach oh, watching. So so bad, so bad. Just the offenses were sputtering. It just. No, just, I don't think there's not, anything to be learned from this game. No, Calgary's, Calgary's better than they Ottawa. They played poorly. Ottawa's not great. They played bad. We've seen them play bad before. Um, Ottawa gets into a bye now, and Calgary moves on to a really important game. So, yeah, I don't, I don't want to read too much into what was just Arbuckle really needs the reps. Yeah, maybe that's he, it. We'll see how it's coming out of the, the bye. Practice. We'll see he, who's leading Ottawa. I still think Evans gets the start in Week 11. Who are they playing Week 11? Edmonton? The thing is, that's going fl- to fluff Evans up. They're gonna, it's going to make Evans look like he's better than he actually is. That's uh, yeah. just my... That's just my opinion on what's going to happen. I, I think they'll probably lose that game, future Pred, but it's going to make him look like he's competent when, when he plays a good team, apparently. That's not Toronto. All right, well, let's move on from this, and let's get into what was a good game. Peter, yes. talk to us about Hamilton at Toronto, the first of four matchups in the next five weeks. Yeah, yeah we were talking about that. Just unbelievable how that happens, but it's certainly going to make for some very uh, heated battles. Um, before we start talking about how like great of a game this was, let me tell you how predictable it kind of was. I'll throw you some, some stats at you. Thank you. Toronto is the last in the CFL in point differential in the first quarter with a negative 40 point difference. And in the last three games, MBT has been sacked 10 times. I did the math on it earlier, but I forget. But the majority of those sacks coming within the first half. So this, the Toronto team just never, ever, well, not as of recent, has not come out firing. And certainly Winnipeg, or Hamilton, um, did. Uh, the Ty, uh, Cats defense came out really hot. And the offense seemed to be coming into their own. But then, obviously, second half Toronto is just uh, a little bit different than the first half Toronto, and I think we kind of saw Hamilton's uh, true colors. MBT really turned it on. Uh, the passing game was there. MBT, uh, really impressive, getting it done with his legs, escaping the pocket. Um, I think that's something we haven't maybe seen all too much, but that was uh, very good to hear, or good, good to see. Um, and obviously, fourth quarter uh, was big for the Argos. Uh, Trevor White. Uh, blocked the Hamilton punt um, really you know gave uh, the Argos uh, momentum going forward um, I mean for Hamilton the number one thing I could take away was that they needed to just finish drives I mean they could have they could have been up by three scores in that first half if they were just able to put the ball in the end zone rather than settling for field goals um, I mean, they get to like they they get to do it again next week. So that's I mean, that's my like real only huge gripe I would say is that they need to finish drives. Obviously, the mistakes down the stretch uh, and Dane Evans not being particularly good is one thing. Um, but for Hamilton, get the ball in the end zone. Dane was Dane was fine. I think he mo- he yeah, might have he just the throws most... quails, dude. That's my only thing. He just throws these little duck balls that I feel like are going to get sw- just shack swatted out of the air every time. And so that's my only gripe there. That's my only gripe there. Yeah, that's a legitimate gripe. That's my, yeah. But on the Toronto side, they they need to figure out this first half debacle. Yes. 
because it's it, against good teams. It's just not going to to fly. Obviously, Hamilton ha- is still figuring out their 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 identity. Um, but just don't come out as tentative. Clearly, in the second half, MBT had the long ball going. Big plays were just absolutely brutalizing the Hamilton D. So I mean, do the big open. Get those big plays, those big throws going early, and then Andrew Harris doesn't have to put up these, you know, poor statistical games we've seen. I think he's been playing fine, but it's not like he's the the balance is spread out throughout the entire game. It's very this Toronto team is just so volatile that you don't get to see everybody's, I guess, full potential. Um, but and then obviously, uh, I think we can uh, all give. Give hats off to MBT in the second half. Really ran well. Obviously threw some questionable th- balls into traffic, but the important thing was that they were caught. So that's, right. um, that's I guess that you know doesn't really that's matter all too much there. Um, and it was just clear and evident that the focus and energy was so much different on the offensive end for Toronto. Uh, Thirty-four se- points on fourteen first downs is wild. Dude, it helps, you know, when you, you, know, you get a punt block touchdown. The punt you block a, was, yeah, the punt block. You get block a pick nice. six. This right. helps. Yeah. This helps. Like, like the, the obviously, the as I said, the Hamilton errors certainly didn't serve them well, but it's not like they were, I mean, until the pick six, it's not like they were out of the game. Like, they they were, they were had a drive going in the fourth. Um, so, I, I mean, looking into next week, I guess we can, um, you know. I, I don't. I I just I just put the ball in the end zone. Like they could have they could have scored thirty four points of their own, and it was their own sloppy stuff that led them to even allow that much. So here's something I'd like to see from Toronto: involve Andrew Harris in the passing game more. Yep. He has caught twenty three of twenty five targets this year. So he's there when they get him the ball, he catches it. Um, He's averaging 7.8 yards per reception, which for a running back I think is pretty legit, uh, but only targeted 25 times so far this year. I mean, going back in his career, he's got seasons where he, you know, he's targeted 128 times, 79, 78, 77. Last year with Winnipeg, he was somehow only targeted 11 times all year. That's really weird. But uh, Toronto, should, MBT should take advantage of that. Get those dink and dunks off and just kind of help uh, the flow of the offense, I think, is something I'd like to see. And also my other thing is this flew really far under the radar. But Eric Rogers returned to the lineup this weekend. Played really well. <laughs> he, you know, three receptions uh, for 30 yards. In He's only ever played two full seasons. And both times he played full seasons, he was over 1,000 yards receiving. So... I know he's coming off an injury. He only got six games under his belt last year, but another weapon uh, for Toronto to utilize. So I think think for them to win ugly like this is good, especially um, coming off that nasty Ottawa loss. You know, they they got punched in the mouth in this one and came back and got the dub, so that's that's promising for them going forward. Certainly. All right. Uh, Matt? I don't know. I don't know. Toronto, I don't know. They does Toronto kind of suck? Yeah, like Hamilton. Nah, 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 nah. I Hamilton, like Toronto, dude. Hamilton is just 
I mean, Toronto is good. Toronto like, kind of sucks, and they're kind of good. But Hamilton MBT is MBT is steady. I know. MBT is a person once said that Toronto has the lowest floor and the lowest ceiling of all Eastern teams. They're right there in the middle. High, the highest, highest floor, floor oh, and the lowest ceiling. Highest floor, lowest ceiling. They're right there in the middle. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, they, all they, other like... Easton teams are at their floor, so Toronto just gets uh, to slide in. Toronto's got, Toronto won this game on two fourth quarter defensive touchdowns. Yes. Yeah. So I don't understand. Do bad, te- do bad teams dude, score defensive that's touchdowns? What I think that's a good win to have. <laughs> I think it is. I think that's a good win to have. Is win ugly, come back. Winnipeg does it every and, week. Yeah, that's exactly. I I, I think that's a sign of a good win. Okay. Uh, we'll get. Well, obviously, we'll talk more in Preds. Uh, I'll save it for. The Let's Preds. get to the I, best game. Let's get to the I actual best game good. of the weekend. Oh. <laughs> this game this was BC oh, Lions. let's talk about how much better Edmonton, Edmonton never wants to go back to that, that to, to BC ever again yeah so this was I felt like we're right back De- where we Deja started um, so obviously Nathan Rourke had just a bonkers game um, set a bunch of records I'm sure you guys have run this down I don't need to I don't need to reiterate but I will uh, highest single game Completion percentage, he reset his own uh, single-game passing yard by a Canadian QB, uh, tied the most touchdowns in a game by a Canadian QB. Um, he just he threw for nearly 500 yards. And um, okay. just and- ripped these guys, ripped them apart. And I don't know, I think it, I think... The, the most dominating quarterback performance I've ever seen in my life. What's crazy about BC solid. is... The the Burnham injury, all Even it did better. was give Keon Hatcher more reps, and yes. now he's outperforming Burnham. Just uh, not really, not really. I'm being facetious. Performing equally, Dom he, Ryan, he had Dom more Ryan's yards than than his replacement, sick. and so now they've got a. I don't know that we've seen a top four like this. We've seen a top three. Um, I think you know BC last year had. Uh, a top three, um, but now to add Kean Hatcher is an insane, um, you know, insane the secret, weapon. The uh, and on the other Javon side, Katoy, who's like yeah, the fifth option, and he's <laughs> the still, sixth like, option. James Butler might be more of the yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's 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 ridiculous. Their weapons are they're so filthy. So, um, I mean, not much to say. I think Edmonton. I don't think this means much because I'm obviously happy for BC, but we saw how little it meant um, for BC in terms of, you know, we really thought this meant BC had arrived and they they could more or less do what they want uh, to the Skatches and Calgary and Winnipeg's, uh, but they've obviously struggled with that. So for whatever reason... BC has Edmonton's goat, and Edmonton just—they—they're—they're just running. They're flat-footed. I mean, their their secondary is just basically out there on their knees. Well, they can't get. They have no. They're they are have the fewest amount of sacks in the league at eleven. Yeah. And Rourke will put numbers on even if you are pressuring him. When you are not pressuring him at all, um, as Edmonton wasn't this game. Um, 
yeah, that could make for a really bad team. They they got to him once. You know, they got one also, QB sack, but uh, BC got five for disaster. Yeah, Re- so they're they're just they're just holy. Yeah. It's the holy team. Um, it which is just such a uh, a pity that um, that Edmonton is bad as bad as they are. Uh, I am going to stop myself from pumping up BC too much. I, I think they owe us another game Which? Um, before we can really say, okay, it wasn't a fluke again. Um, if they can really put one over on Calgary, that's that's the challenge. So game, of the, game of the year, game of the year so far. This is a, the fourth game of the year so far, especially after Calgary broke their uh, their skid. So. Um, what do you guys think about this one? Anything? Any other insights? No, there's no insights. Edmonton sucks, and they're a horrible match. Like BC, uh, I have one in insight. In a league one full insight. of bad match, well, no, am I talking? Hold up. In a league full of bad matchups for the Elks, BC is clearly the worst matchup of all. Yeah, they have a quarterback who, if not pressured, is so deadly accurate, and they have the best receiving core in the league. So it's just the worst possible combination. Uh, and obviously, when they've played this year, we've seen how that has played out. Um, so no, not too much to read into it other than just a dreadful, dreadful pairing. If you're an Elks fan. My one Anything insight, else? I yes. called it out last week, is I thought that BC needed to pass to the running back more. They did it earlier in the season with uh, with butler and it was working well for butler and for the team they were scoring more points and he had six catches for 43 yards so they must have listened to the pod um heard my ask and and they gave him the rock that's the most catches he's had since i think the first week of the season so um butler is an absolute weapon out of the backfield he they need they need to continue to do that against other teams that aren't the elks uh because i think it is an effective tool for them no, and I know if you look at that stat, you see he has 37 yards yards after catch. So just getting the ball nice and easy, nice and easy, close to the line of scrimmage, and just letting them run, be an athlete out in space. Totally agreed, Tyler. That's a, I mean, yeah. As if they needed more help. That's a good <laughs> idea. All right. Anything to say about Week Nine before we move on to league leaders and then Week Ten Preds? Let's get to those leaders. This this week. Kind of sucked. It was kind of, I mean, we had a blowout at, against BC Edmonton. We had an absolute slop fest. Ah, and the Winnipeg game was predictable. I'm ready to put week nine. I think week nine was my least favorite week of the CFL season so far. And I'm ready to put it behind me. That's my, what I have to say about that. And with that, let's talk league leaders. Passing yards. Dare I say, probably not going to see another person atop this list for the rest of the season. Now that Nathan Rourke has taken the top role with 2,418 passing yards. In rushing yards, somehow, because, I don't know, maybe because Kadeem Carey got hurt or Jamal Morrow is still leading the league in rushing yards with 484. Nice. New leader in receiving yards, Geno Lewis with 742. And with sacks. Pete Robinson and Lorenzo Molden are still tied at seven apiece, although Pete Robertson is back in practice for the Riders. So maybe he's going to 
reclaim his uh, solo lead in the sack department. Okay, Matt, before we start Preds, give us a breakdown of the standings. And also, okay. I will chime in and say I got another golden week last week. So I need to do. I need to go back. I have not been uh, updating, so I need to go back. We need right visuals. now, it's <laughs> I got to do the visuals. So uh, leading is Tyler, then Peter, and then John, and I'll get you the exact numbers. Okay, in the future, but then I I'm up by two. I'm up further. by two. Yeah, I'm Tyler's up by, up by two, and I think because. Well, I think all three of us have modified golden weeks. We yeah, did. So we had three yep. golden yes, weeks okay. to okay, keep yeah. you guys all all even from last week. Okay. Knowing that first game of the week is a rematch of last week, this time in Winnipeg, Montreal at Winnipeg. Tyler, who do you have winning this one? Uh, Winnipeg. Uh, I believe I mocked. Did I mock the spread last week? I think I mocked mocked it. Uh, they're, they're listening this time. It's 11 and a half points. That's, that's more like it. Uh, I will be picking the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. It's a tough one, man. I I, I was I know what's going. I no, think, reason, no reasoning. Other than I the, think there's the a legitimate chance this week that Stop Winnipeg it. plays pretty crappy and then wins the game. <laughs> so that's I'm going to pick the Bombers. Yeah, nothing to add for me. That sounds exactly right. Let's get to another rematch then. I'm Toronto at Hamilton. To Toronto at Hamilton. Peter. I'm, I'm glad I'm going last. What are you thinking? Yeah. Um, as, I mean, well, I should have addressed this earlier, but prayers to uh, Braylon Addison. Oh, um, so bad. Hurts hurts the Tough. soul, obviously. Pod's Tough. Pod, a.k.a. me, uh, is a big fan, so that one is not fun. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I you know. Big, Just big, when he was starting to bloom in their offense, I mean, he's yeah. running the ball. He had oh, 52, very sad. 52 yards receiving before he yes. got hurt early in the game. So great play. Uh, that is not going to be great for Hamilton. Um, yeah, I, I just I have no faith in the Ticats. I think if Toronto can just come out with a game plan yeah. and execute it, like there, there seems to be just no immediate game plan for Toronto. Yeah. They seem to just to get try to get a feel for it, and then, then in the second half they'll make adjustments. Yeah. But I'm still going to pick them because I just don't have faith in the Ticats. So like and, it's funny. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And Braylon Addison being out, obviously. Yeah. But that's more of you know prayers rather than a detriment to the Hamilton Ticats. So it's funny, like our. When we were doing the review, you were going back and forth about, you know, Toronto winning ugly. Because that's, like, as far as this Pred go, like, yeah, Toronto was pretty unimpressive offensively. They are having trouble running the ball. MBT was pretty pedestrian. Defense and special teams had to save them. To me, that says, like, if Toronto has a slight improvement, that spells doom for Hamilton here. Yeah. So I just think that the Argos get it done because I feel like they need to make slight adjustments while Hamilton needs to, like, get a lot of different things in order. Yeah, I agree. So I pick an Argos. Matt? Matthew? Yeah. uh, I am going against my better judgment. Not my better. I'm going against my my gut. My gut tells me that Hamilton at home, they were you know leading 
for by, by a, a wide margin, and they obviously let Toronto back in, and uh, you know then it was two defensive touchdowns. You know, I mean, a defensive touchdown, as you guys rightly pointed out, is still the fault of the Hamilton Tiger yes. Cats. It's not Bulls like can't stop turning the ball over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. they are addicted it's... to turnovers. <laughs> it's not like, I, but, although I, but I, I personally, <laughs> I don't so count it with the same weight as an offensive touchdown. Yes. I think it can no, be. I, I, they're more Remedied prone. Much easily, much they're more easier. prone to flukiness. Yeah, yes. both from a offensive side, you can fluke into a, um, in a, into an interception. You can't really fluke into a blocked punt. That usually means something went wrong. And then on the defensive side, you can fluke into a pick six. Um, yes. But Toronto's the better team, and my I'm going to be picking the better team to win the games from here on out, and I'll let you guys make mistakes. Okay. And hopefully I'll, I'll dig my way out of the basement. That's okay. great. I think that's a good plan of action. <laughs> so you're picking Toronto? That's I'm picking I've, Toronto. That's something I've never done when in the basement, right. Matt, so hopefully your strategy Tyler. serves you better. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. So uh, I love Toronto. Have all season. They MBT is steady Eddie. He doesn't play spectacular, but he he doesn't make the mistakes, which mean and Hamilton does make the mistakes. So high taking, floor, low ceiling type of guy. Yeah, exactly. I, I really like Toronto. I, uh, I, st- I still like them after last week. Their defense scores two touchdowns. The good. Uh, you know they really had that auto game. Really sort of. To me, it's more like pie on the face than like a like signs of an of a problem. I I think they're good. I don't think Curly Gittens is going to be held to one catch for eight yards two games in a row. I don't think Marky Ambles is going to be held to two catches for twelve yards the second game in a row. I don't think Brandon Banks is only going to have one catch. Uh, their best receivers didn't even play very well, uh, and I don't think that happens two weeks in a row. So, Hamilton played their best defensive game and still lost. So. All right. it's, it's Toronto. Two sweeps. To by the way, Hamilton, Hamilton is favored in this game, by the way, just for curiosity. All right, now we get into the game of the year so far. First game of the year so far, not to include the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Good, Thank fine. God. Amen. Prayers up to Allah. It doesn't matter. Winnipeg's, so, already, Winnipeg's already won the West. It's already over. We're going to have a few injury issues. It looks like Kadeem Carey might miss this one. James Butler missed practice for the uh, for the Lions, so both starting running backs are going to be out. Um, I think that's a concern, um, especially because I think the team that wins is really going to need to I, – I think the team that wins is going to need to put up 30 points or more. Um and I just think that BC's offensive numbers this year have just been too impressive. They're averaging nearly 100 more yards per game than the next team. They average what, hap- what happens if you take out the Elks games, though? But they, you can't. Those are games they other teams have played the Elks. The okay. Elks are a CFL team. If it was just BC playing them, Prove I would. Get, I, I would yeah. Yeah, yeah, fair. <laughs> but BC's averaging you know, nearly 100 more yards per game than the next team. They have seven more offensive touchdowns scored than the next team, and they're averaging more than a yard uh, more per play than the next team. So BC's averaging 7.7 yards per play, and the team in second this season, the Stampeders, are averaging 6.6 yards per play. So I just think they move the ball, they get into the end zone, and I think BC gets it done. 
Okay. Uh, Matt. Yeah. Uh, the answer to this one is BC is the better team, but there's yes. one thing really working in their favor. Tyler, which is? Dave Dickinson is back on the sidelines <laughs> this week. And for that reason, I am out. Uh, I also do think that BC is the better team. Matt, Matt my, my comrade in arms now. I love excellent, it. excellent take. All right, T-Press. Uh, I said last week that Calgary is the second best team in the CFL, and they went out and they, they kind of sucked against Ottawa. Uh, that's two teams in a row that have kind of sucked against Ottawa. I'll say. I think. I. I. I again. I, I didn't think it was a, a. I thought it was a blip on Toronto's radar, and they came out and they beat Hamilton. I thought it was a blip on Calgary, but Calgary's much better than Toronto, so they actually didn't take an L in their blip. Uh, it's Calgary at home. If they have a running a backup running back who can also run, it's it, so if Carey doesn't play. I mean, that's not great, but. I'd rather the hundred percent backup running back play than than a dinged up carry. Uh, so I've no problem there. Bo needs to find himself again. We've seen BC's pass defense really underperform in games not against the Elks. Um, it's the best uh, pass defense in the league, by the way. Okay, I don't care. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going Calgary. Give me, give, give me Calgary. You did say last week that you thought Calgary was going to kick your ass, so you stood by it. Yeah, I think Calgary's good. I think I really do. All right, all right. I may be wrong about this. Correct. You might. There's fifty percent chance you will be. Yeah, that's right. It's a yes or no thing. I don't believe the BC Lions have a backup running back. You are incorrect. Who's the backup running back? I have to pull his name, but he went for like 90 yards earlier this season when uh, James Butler got a concussion. He's he's okay. Uh, okay. Well, fair enough. He doesn't seem to be listed. All right. Do okay. you need to take a second to reformulate your pred? No. We can talk no. About no. <laughs> Keep no, talking I was to Phil Time, and I'll figure this out. I was going to say, despite that, I'm still picking <laughs> okay. BC. Um, I think that. Uh, yeah, I mean. I think I think these Edmonton games in just really week give them. Three, I think these Edmonton games yeah. just give really give them a spark. <laughs> um, week three smacking against uh, Toronto. David Mackey filled in. Yes. Okay. And he's, he went he's the for fullback. ninety yards. The he's a fullback. fullback. Yes. Okay. Well, I, I, well, if he went for ninety, then that's that that further cements my thoughts on it. I, I, I think it'll be close. I don't think uh, BC's going to run away with it or anything. Yeah. But I just don't think that Calgary has just has the firepower that BC does to to get it get, keep the points coming you know because that's what's going to be needed yeah, I'm with you so I'm going with the Lions alright Tyler out on his own and finally we get to the return of Garrett Marino no I'm, we're wow. not going to get into that today <laughs> I believe has he served his four game suspension I think he's uh, back. Yeah, but they yeah, haven't. Yeah. Can they? Can, it'd be hilarious to cut him now, though. That no, it would be. They I would cut him now. He, they're dug in. Yeah. They're no, in. no, no. If Saskatchewan did it, it would be hilarious. Like uh, just kidding. head to Edmonton. <laughs> this, uh, I'm excited to see how we all thought about this one. Uh, let's start with you, Matt. What What do you have? The, the correct answer is obviously that this is going to the Rough Riders. Okay. Right. They're They're the better team. 
Edmonton sucks. Um, <laughs> do, do you trust? Wow, you you trust Saskatchewan this? Like you, you're. The, I'm not I don't saying tr- that your, I don't your, trust your Pred is wrong at all. I yeah. think they've got a better defense than Edmonton, and I think they've got a better offense. And I feel like I've used that line before, and it, it that is fairly well held true for me in terms of Predding. It's it's when I try to get tricky like last week and think that okay, this is the time that the Red Blacks are going to turn it on on both sides of the ball. Sketch has a better offense and defense in Edmonton. Yeah. Do you deny it? No, this is facts. I've got stats to prove it. <laughs> Tyler, do you deny it? Uh, I don't deny it. No, I, I, am, is it my can I pred now? You can pred. Yeah. Um, I don't trust either of these teams to, like, like if Edmonton were to win this game, would not be surprised at all. I do think, actually, the thing that gives me more hope in Saskatchewan is the fact that they had a bye week and didn't get their doors blown off. Uh, so they've sucked ass the last time, two times they've gone out and played, but they've had a is week Is that your to... professional opinion? Yeah, it's my professional opinion. <laughs> uh, so, so the memory of getting their asses handed to them is, is less fresh than it will be in yes. evidence. I mean... The Edmonton defensive backs. Uh, what was pre- what do you think practice is like this week for them? Like, long, I mean, long and difficult and demoralizing. Honestly, yes. I, I'm I'm actually sure that I, I don't know the Elks head coach name. That's bad on me. Uh, Chris or, Jones. Chris uh, probably just the said guys. Himself. Guys, we got we got to throw away the tapes on this one. We're not getting yeah. we're not getting anything out of this. That's going to be tough. positive. It was so bad that you just have to throw away the tapes. Uh, Saskatchewan will win because they're more rested. That's that's it. I don't think okay. they're that much better than the Elks, if I'm being honest. Okay. Defensively, Peter? I mean, come on, you got to give them that. These okay. are your boys, Tyler. You have completely you turned, really your turned your back on, on Saskatchewan. Well, you they really didn't cover. They didn't not cutting Marino. Really got on my nerves. Uh, no, this is a long time coming, and I, and I, that's a total totally fair point. I, if if that was the thing to break the camel's back, then then. That would make sense, but you've been off on these guys for basically all of last year as well. They're a frustrating team to root for. I'll be honest; <laughs> they are the most popular team based on the TV ratings. But yeah. it's tough. Peter, tell me what you think. Well, while our boy Pete Davidson is on the outs, our yes. boy Pete Robertson—you mean Skeet—is back. <laughs> yes, so this is the, true, Peter. So for that reason. Uh, and the fact that Edmonton is not a very good football team, yes. I will be picking the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. To elaborate on Peter's point, this all this game comes down to the pass rush. Saskatchewan has the most sacks in the league this year with 28. Um, Edmonton's been sacked, tied for the second most time this year with 25. Now, conversely, Saskatchewan has been sacked the most this year. The Saskatchewan quarterback has been sacked 29 times, but Edmonton has only gotten to the quarterback 11 times this year. So I think this just plays in well on both sides. Cody's going to have more time. Cornelius is going to have no time. I think (laughs) it's just going to be an absolute mess. Um, And I think the riders get the job done, but I thought long and hard about picking the Elks. If this was a seven on seven game, I might pick the Elks. But I think the line play on both sides is going to skew in favor heavily of the riders. And that's how I feel about that. Yeah, it's so, correct. 
John, John and Pete have a shot to gain a game. I mean, this week that makes that's that's compelling. Uh, I will say if 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 uh, we all do. Well, yes, yeah, but you're kind of you know trailing. I can still gain a game no matter how far back. It's true. That's a good point. It's a good point. Um, (laughs) Hey, don't leave me out of this one. I'm playing too. (laughs) I'm part of this. I'm part of this league too. If I get, if I get, I'm gonna make a proclamation right now before this week happens. If I go up three games, it's over. You guys are done. I think at the end of the end of or the middle of last season, you were up by about ten plus games. Something like something nutty, and we crawled, clawed back. Nothing's nothing's out of the nothing's out of the realm of possibility. Before we go too long, Matt, tell me about this fantasy week because I heard it was a good one. It was a good one. <laughs> oh my god! I For got you my, guys. I got my own doors blown off. I had one bright spot in uh, Eugene Lewis, twenty-one point four points. Uh, I eked over to have two players in double digits with Zach Caleros with 10.4. The rest was just a a nightmare. I'm missing Greg Ellingson, something fierce. Um, It was was a bad one. I was last uh, at 51.1. But let's talk about, at the top, John. You just skip Peter. You just skip Peter and I when we chop liver. No, I, I, I'm jumping up to the top. I'm back. jumping up to the top. It's like moonlight. We're telling the story. We're going back, right. moving along timelines. <laughs> I'm okay. just saying, it was it was especially no one else did especially bad. Peter, you didn't have the greatest, but it wasn't the worst uh, week, especially on your defense. But let's start at the top, or move on to the top at least. John, 115.6 points. Yes. Behind the. the Surging Nathan Rourke, 47.6. I, I don't have all the data, but I have to imagine that's pretty well the highest single player, uh, you know, single week we, we've seen ever. Um, and you also had a huge game out of Don Jackson, 25.4. And those two TDs for Toronto gave him 19 points. Uh, so, yeah, 150.6. And Tyler, another very good game for your guys as well. Um, Unfortunately, Drew Wolitarski uh, was <laughs> number right. one for the Bombers, and Dalton Schoen only uh, could shown out with uh, 16.8 points, but Dom Rimes with three touchdowns, 36.1. Huge save my week. Uh, I would yes. have been I would have been <laughs> dead in the water without Dom Rimes. Uh, and we got a shakeup on the leaderboard. Oh, oh, yeah. Let him get to it. Hold let on. Let me get to it. Uh, Peter, like I said, you were last. Lucky Whitehead obviously got in on it. Um, uh, so funny that we were talking about um, not drafting BC, uh, the great BC wide receivers, because we didn't know who was going to throw to them. Yikes, that is all kinds of embarrassing. So, yes, we do have a big shakeup. Um, I was well out in front, not really. I was out in front, um, but great weeks from by John five, and Tyler. By five points. Means that I'm now in third. Now I've got a great big great big gap on Peter. Uh, but Tyler, you are now... Hey, hey, hey. I think it's only 70 points separating a, fourth and first. You are now in position, if you can hold it from here, in champ champ position. Uh, 60, 664.3... Uh, just a couple points ahead of John at 661 even. 
and then I'm 20 points back of that, 641.1, and then Peter way, way back, 592.1. But yeah, You know what's interesting? Peter, P- Peter's team uh, wiping away the 48 points from week eight, uh, actually the most consistent in terms of scoring, but doesn't get too high. There's been way where I've had the worst week of the season at 34 points in week three, but like Peter doesn't always usually have the worst. Just, he just never goes high. Well, but yeah, both. So uh, hey, we can't we can't all crack a hundred, you know. Peter's standard Fact. deviation, so about seventy five percent of his scores are within eighteen points of each other. Wow, so he's got a um, nine. Uh, yeah, it's really standard consistent. Deviation. Everybody scores about ten points, and then one receiver will score zero. It's really fun. <laughs> you guys should try it. It's a good, it's a good so, week in, week out routine. The weekly averages make it seem make it really spell out how close the top three is. We're all between seventy one point two and seventy or seventy one point two and seventy three point eight. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm so happy to have that big week. Nathan but then you, yeah, you look at the median. So I. Um, Tyler, you actually have the the highest median, obviously, um, but John, you're you're way down there. Your median score is eight points south of mine, um, but you're twenty points clear of me uh, overall. So, and that this week really helped John. <laughs> if I had a defense, I would have been right up there. I'm kidding. <laughs> John was like John. John after the BC game was like. Was talking about how Dom Rhymes just helped Tyler so much. I was like, "Yeah, how about uh, Rourke? Four hundred seventy-seven yards passing. He had a good showing. He had a good showing. Uh, qu- qu- question, wanna, question, wanna, John. Question, John. Too much. Would you have? Would you have traded the dominating fantasy week you had for an Edmonton to at least have played confidently? No, I wouldn't have traded. Okay, that. <laughs> a man, this a man of. Important. He's a man been, of he's honor. He's been hyped about this all week. I mean, no, he clawed he clawed it he clawed out of the basement in Preds. He clawed out of he clawed his way basically Dude, to I was almost a, I first. Was double basement bitch. He oh, was yeah. double <laughs> basement bitch for a minute. I am skyrocketing towards the top of both leaderboards, and I feel so excited. I feel so excited. I'm so excited. Guy I hasn't missed a pre- guy hasn't missed a Pred in like almost th- th- three weeks. That's true. I did want to talk about our non-CFL question of the week, though. Oh. Which we've all prepared notes on, which is, what is your favorite non-Star Wars and non-Indiana Jones Harrison Ford performance? Hmm. Oh, it's easy. Fugitive. No. Okay. Blade Runner. Yeah, but Fugitive's a Hollywood homicide? I really do love his uh, American Graffiti performance. Like just Bob Falfa. Bob Falfa just chewing the cud. Oh man, it's great. Pretty good. <laughs> I gotta pull it up because the leaders. It's either um, Witness, Fugitive, Witness, Blade Runner, Clear and Present Danger. Great See, that, film. That oh, Patriot was... Games. Patriot. Yeah, I was gonna um, say. Clear and Present is the superior. No, Patriot Games is Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. No, you're, you're wrong. No. <laughs> no, I'm not wrong. You are wrong. Cowboys versus aliens is really a big, good. big reason. Henry Cherney as the villain in Clear and Present Danger, he's so good. 
He's so good. Matt's got a point here. I mean, I also, I also said clear and present danger. So no I'm love for Sean Bean. Okay. Sean, Sean Bean's great. Henry Cherney. He's just got. He's got the sliminess. He's got the look. He's love it. The, the witness is witness is pretty good. I forgot how much I liked witness. Witness is a great film. It's a we've great all got to be more. We've all got to be talking about Peter Weir. We're not even talking We're about Air Force. We didn't even mention Peter we, Weir enough. We didn't mention Air Force One. That's also on us. This is true. Uh, all right. Do we have everybody? Does everybody have a final answer? Dude, no, not really. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go stick with Blade Runner. I guess the only one I've seen that y'all are talking about is Patriot Games. So that's you haven't seen go. Blade Runner? Not the not the old one. Jesus. Yeah, I just and I didn't did, didn't care. I think it does. It is it is Witness. Yeah, it's Witness. Yeah, it's it's Witness. Witness is strong too for me. It's right there. It's one. It's one and one. It's one Fugitive. and one A. Fugitive, Fugitive is number is one. Patriot Games that. is number two. <laughs> All right, well, that's all we got for you. Guys, any final notes before we sign off? Hopefully, uh, game of the week so far, game of the year so far lives up. Uh, Glad glad that no Winnipeg this week, so we don't have to talk about Winnipeg next week until Preds. It's going to be amazing. No, Winnipeg Uh, plays on Thursday. That's right, they do. When are their off week? Sorry. Ottawa's off this week. (sighs) Ottawa's off this (sighs) week. Well, I don't like talking about them either. What time's our tea time on Saturday, Matt? 1.22. Oh, perfect. Can you guys uh, can you guys talk about where you're playing? What are we what are we expecting out there on the course? Yeah, dox ourselves. We are playing somewhere <laughs> in the Seattle area. Seattle metro area. Yeah, I guess I did give out the tea time. I don't know. No one listens to this. Today, I forty people a week. <laughs> Nobody. Today, I shot a ninety six. Yesterday, I shot a ninety nine. Um, I've, I'm dealing with a hand injury that's really hindering my game. 45 on the back nine today, though, for Jay. That's I really wish impressive. I was joking, but I've legitimately got a badly sprained hand. But I'm <laughs> per- persevering because all I want to do is play golf. So, yeah, 45 on the back nine after turning in a 51 and pushing through a thunderstorm. It was one of the, I think, was maybe a better performance than any performance of CFL. And a mud shower. And a mud shower, right. What's a mud shower like? A diarrhea? No, I, I, I was taking practice swings behind oh the golf cart. Oh, my God. And I absolutely <laughs> I've done that just mom once. domed John with, uh, with some mud. <laughs> it wasn't mud. It was like, dude cut a pelt, which is take a divot. He took a fat divot, skyrocketed it, just slammed in the left side of my head. Like, chunks are ripping out all over the cart. And, like, it was so dumb. It was pretty funny, though. But then I went on to par that hole, so it was pretty impressive. I'm not, a, not, not like, you know, the craziest competitor in the world, but I try. I try. That's all I got to say. All right, guys, anything else to sign up, say before we start, sign off? Anything so, to say? Like, subscribe, five-star oh. reviews. No nice say, things hey. only. Oh, wait. No, we decided you can say mean things only. Hey, Emma. All right. Well, we will talk to you all after week 10. Enjoy the games. Think about Harrison Ford. Talk to you next week.